This meeting is being recorded. <laughs> okay, I hadn't heard that one before, but hey, everybody, welcome to Frights of the Roundtable. I'm your host, Jonathan Moody, and I am excited because I have two awesome guests who are uh, writers and directors together and producers as well. Um, I'm going to let them introduce themselves. So, Paul, take it away. Hi, I'm Paul Ragsdale. And I'm Angie D'Alba. All right. Now, Paul and Angie have worked on, uh, I know, four features, I want to say, so far. Just finished filming our six. Six. Six features. Holy crap. Uh, I'm I'm behind. I only watched three, so I guess I I need to catch up. Um, But I did see uh, Cinco de Mayo, your first film that you guys did. I'm guessing that's the first feature. Um, And then the second one I saw, obviously, is Streets of Vengeance. And I just finished up Slasherette Party. So Slasherette Party. Yeah, we had an AP marathon going on. Yeah, there you go. And uh, I actually like watching movies back to back, especially when they sort of are are like similar and themed in a way. And there does seem to be kind of a theme in the way you guys work together. So, um, first of all, before we get into all that, um, let's let's talk about a bit about how you guys kind of got together uh, as far as like working together and and whatnot. Was it on the set of Cinco de Mayo? Did you guys actually know each other prior to that? Yeah, we actually uh, met in film school, uh, film class. We met in, so we're a couple before. Um, we met in 2004, I want to say. Um, actually, like officially, we, we became a we couple. Started, that's dating. when we became a couple, yeah. but I think we met in like. Oh, three or two. or oh, three yeah. in film school. And we started making projects together years later. Years, yeah. Years after we left film school. Yeah, so we got together, you know got a relationship, moved out of her, her mom's house, my parents' house, got our apartment, got jobs, all that kind of Camp stuff. Adults. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was like, it wasn't until 2010. And then we started making movies uh, together. Awesome. Um, so after film school, it was like a, you know, six year hiatus. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so we met there um, at film school and then we decided to make our own projects. Um, we had met some friends um, through like making music videos for my brother, he he does like music videos and stuff. Matthew Rags is up, and I met some of his friends, and then I started hanging. We started hanging around with, like theater people, local theater people in the in the area. We well, so had um, friends from film school that we were still in touch with. Yeah, yeah, Patrick and Dan too as well. Um, Dan Dan Zampa, he's the cinematographer on a uh, slash art party in Streets of Vengeance, so he was a film film class. Uh, um, associate or a colleague associate <laughs> a colleague of ours a friend of ours uh, we're in the same film class together um so yeah so 2010 it was a, a slow start we bought me and my brother went in halves on our own camera we bought a, a canon xha um xha1 early mm-hmm. sorry mm-hmm. i get the things mixed up and uh so that's what we shot single de mayo on so that's on a mini db uh tape Oh, it seemed it seemed yeah. different, but I think like I always thought when I saw it, it looked different because it was like touched up a little bit to look more like yeah. a grindhouse style yeah. thing. Um, I, I definitely put filters on it, but it is mini DV. <laughs> it's mini. That's DV awesome. Tape. That's where I started. Yeah. Like when I started filming stuff, I did on mini DV because in two thousand and two, I think it was, was when I started doing that, and that was. Uh, that yeah. was what was available at that time. It wasn't even HD. It was just this really right. crappy Panasonic TV DV 600 that I used. It's really crappy, yeah. but you have to start somewhere, right? right? Yeah, exactly. That's what we had in school. And then you guys, so you guys did Cinco de Mayo, which um, I guess, I guess in the, you know, kind of realm of like Halloween and Black Christmas and all holiday slasher movies. You guys had to do a, um, you know, a Latino one, which I thought was really cool, like and and different. And I'm I'm very glad you guys made it as opposed to like Hollywood with like a white director. You know, like you guys actually handled it well and stuff on your own. That's exactly the reason why we did. At first, we were just gonna make like a fake trailer. Because we were fans of Grindhouse, you know, Robert Rodriguez and Tarantino's uh, double feature. 
And then we're just sitting around with a couple of friends we, while we're watching like a compilation of trailers. I think it was something weird, I want to say, um, compilation of trailers. And then uh, we were joking around like, oh, you know, there's never been a, you know, a Mexican or Latino um, version of a, a horror, a holiday horror movie. And we were just gonna make a trailer and make it funny. Um, and then we decided, no, we should actually make it into a movie before, like you said, before someone else does it. We were thinking before Robert Rodriguez does it, yeah. which yeah. would have been, but you know, still, we gotta do it first. <laughs> um, and maybe he'll do the big budget version of it. Maybe you guys can, yeah, talk, you know, yeah, maybe he'll yeah. see it someday. I can hear sort of a feedback of my echo. Like, um, I don't know if it's from your guys' end or my end. Um, but really anyway, oh. um, yeah, no, that's awesome. I think Rob Rodriguez and, you know, would be proud to see this movie. Um, yeah. you know, they would have to I get, uh, Danny Trejo as the, uh, as, um, <laughs> El Maestro. Uh, the maestro. Yeah. That'd be awesome. <laughs> I actually have a buddy who is named the maestro. He's named, uh, Stro. And he's a wrestler, and he actually went by the maestro. So when I saw that, I was like, "Oh my god!" You know, Stro would love this. You know, um, but anyway, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was, uh, yeah, it had some comedic parts to it, but it's it was a really well done, uh, like modern day slasher. You know, kind of looking like it was not modern day, obviously, but you know, obviously there's cars in the background that probably weren't, you know made in the 80s and all that stuff you know vintage cars yeah um, we weren't trying to make it in the 80s so yeah it was it was modern day yeah they just had the style yeah. yeah well i actually like that too because having it modern day is there was a lot of um probably there was a lot of history and a lot of things that you guys needed to put in the film to sort of get your point across for stuff right, and, right. um i i really enjoyed that like um, it's almost like I need to rewatch it again sometime, but it was almost like a history lesson a little bit too. You know, that that's very true because I did use a lot of historical uh, events um, for, for the film, just to give it a little, you know, we, we want to do, you know, we like to do these genre movies, but to add, you know, another dimension to it. So there were a lot of references to, to real life, you know, racial events and stuff like the Sleepy Lagoon case, uh, the whole Aztec bloodlust was a real, you know, uh, defense uh, used in a, in a court of law against like these uh, Latino kids that were being tried for murdering a, another kid. And there's the evidence was that, well, they're Latino or, you know, they're Mexican. So half native, uh, the Aztecs, you know, they have bloodlust, you know, they can't help it. And that was like a real thing. And, you know, the Joaquin Murrieta stuff like that. So yeah, we tried to pack it with a bunch of stuff, of course, and, you know, a bunch of over the top you know, funny things. And, you know, that movie is like, you know, virtually no budget. So, yeah. Yeah. We had, um, what, uh, how much did you guys have? I, I think I read $600 or something. Yeah. I had to put $600 on IMDb because they wouldn't let me put anything less. It was cheaper than that. It was probably more like 300. Yeah. If that. Yeah. It was probably that. just food for people. Yeah. yeah. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Food and a couple of, shirts maybe a couple little props but yeah not much no <laughs> i mean again we thought it was going to just be a fake trailer we never expected it to get bigger and then we're like okay it'll just be a short film mm -hmm. and then it just got bigger and bigger and we just kept writing more scenes and we thought this would be funny or this would be cool and yeah it just got so big that we're like okay now it's a feature yeah just <laughs> that was, yeah plan on it, it. it was very organic progression because like the, the first time we premiered it was like a 55 minute version and then we're like, well, you know what? Let's just make it a feature. We only need like 10 or 15 more minutes. And so that's when we did like the all night long wraparound. And we did the fake trailer or Dance Till You Die just to pad it out a little bit more. And then uh, we added maybe a few more, like one or two scenes after, like after we had premiered it and mm -hmm. stuff. Um, and we got a new score by Best Ron Vulture. So really like it becoming our first feature, you know, was not planned. It just kind of happened that way. And then um, yeah. people were, Paul doesn't really know how to make a short film. He thinks he does, but it always turns into a short 20, 25, 35 right. minutes. And we're like, it's, a, it's just making a feature. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that was the first feature we ever made a feature before. So, you know, yeah. So, well, I mean, uh, we, do a, we do a show on Indie Film Cafe called Short Film Saturdays. 
and we review short films because not really many people review short films on on you know so we we take stuff that we see online or things that we own and we review them and uh some of them are longer than others like technically i think 60 plus is a feature you know according to like imdb you know or whatever i think 45 plus is a feature and i'm like that's that's not right you know like it says if it's 45 or more it can be considered a feature i'm like no no that's still a short to me i think 60 you know or even 70 if that range and your guys movie i think is 70 minutes for Mm -hmm. um for that one and that was because uh yeah that was because the uh was it um the up all night parody uh all night long uh which or homage i should say not parody didn't really parody it necessarily it kind of just kind of homaged it um i like that a lot because it got me mad that there was no dance till you die like movie coming afterwards (laughs) i was i was thinking oh man we're gonna get two movies for the price of one and then i saw the trailer for it i was like that looks pretty cool and as you said, uh, in, when you chatted with me earlier today, that you kind of wish, yeah, I got a chance to make that or something, you know. Which I agree. Yeah. I, I looked it up on IMDb and didn't find it. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like ever since we first did it and we first uh, premiered it to people, people were asking, okay, well, when is Dance Till You Die coming? We want to see Dance Till You Die. We even had people, reviewers, uh, we had a review in print. And they were asking for dance till you die. And I was like, oh <laughs> shit, it's right there, <laughs> you know. And everyone just kept bugging us personally that we know too, you know, because it was really fun. And uh, I always kept saying, oh, we'll do it, we'll do it next year, we'll do it next year, we'll do it next year. <laughs> just keep getting pushed, pushed around. Well, it's so funny because like the next one you did, which uh, Streets of Vengeance, which also had uh, all night long. Did have slash slash God dang, it's hard to say slash Lorette party. <laughs> um with parody like a like or whatever uh trailer and then you guys did end up making that so it's kind of cool yeah yeah Yeah. that that same thing with that one you know it was just meant to be a trailer you know we didn't think anyone would really want to see another cabin in the woods slasher movie but i underestimated the audience and there i thought oh you don't want another one of these do you they said yes yes we do so i was like (laughs) All right, well, let's do it. You know, and, and we were and we were interested in seeing what we could do in like a you know like a three day span of of you know going to a, a cabin and like shooting day and night and sleeping there. You know, wait, that was only three what... days. The principal photography was three days, and then we went back for like another day and a half for like uh, pickups and like things we didn't get. But it was a three days straight, like all straight. And then, uh, like I said, we had a weekend off, came back, shot some pickups. And then, you know, there were some things that were not in the cabin that we shot, like, at a later time. But principal photography, yeah, it was about three yeah. days. Most of the movie was shot in three days. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. And you guys, um, so for the first one you did, for Cinco de Mayo, were you just the solo director, Paul, or did Angie help as well? Um, because she was an actress, so, you know, she wasn't behind the camera as much, and I actually shot that one, too. So, like, that was more akin to like what um, I'm norm I'm normally used to like shooting, directing, um, and Angie producing. And then of course she has her own you know creative ideas and she has input on the script and stuff. And but before we never really credited that. We just I just left it as my name. She was a producer. Um, so we did three features that way. Um, the other two features are on uh, YouTube, our YouTube channel, Rough Cut and La Soledadera. And they're not horror or 80s at all. Rough Cut is like a like a little comic uh, dramedy kind of about this guy, he's a filmmaker in love with a girl. It's kind of like a French new wave of a lot of influences and stuff. And then La Soledadera is like a, a two uh, Mexican kids. They rob this uh, bar and they're on the run from these gangsters. Um, so they're very, very different films. And those ones I shot and directed. And then once we got into um, Making Streets of Vengeance, um, we had our friend Dan be the cinematographer, so take it off of my hand, so me and Angie can more concentrate on the direction and the art direction. She does art direction, and we're dealing with way more people than we had before. So that's really the first time we started like 
writing, directing together. Yeah, that's when our project started getting bigger than, yeah. than we were used to. So we were both kind of teaming up and splitting more responsibilities. Right. Now, okay, so interesting because I'm always I'm always interested in hearing um, how co-directors work. Now, to mm -hmm. like one person concentrate mainly on the, like the cinematography and all that, like making sure all that set up, and one person concentrate on the actors, or do you guys both, you know, uh, do fifty-fifty each? It's more like 50-50. Yeah, it's like the Coen brothers, how they do their thing, too. Yeah, I think we're both behind camera together. We're both watching the actors. We're both talking to each other about, mm -hmm. you know, maybe we should try this, mm -hmm. or I think maybe we could try that. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and then the actors know that they can come to me or to Paul, um, and we're going to have the same message because we have already discussed our plans well in advance before we go to shoot. So we're both on the same page. Mm -hmm. um, if ever things come up, because that's just independent filmmaking, things always come up that you're not expecting. Right. Um, yep. We can yep. split off for a second. And we're like, okay, this person's not showing up. What are we going to do? This person needs to leave. What are we? This person's got to leave early, or this person cut their hair. Like, what are we going to do? <laughs> mm -hmm. We forgot this or whatever. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely confer with each other and try to solve the problem whatever the problem is. Yeah. So, so that's what, that's what really is the team. Like, as far as like credits, like, you know, it's it, like the Coen brothers, if you ever heard of them talk, it's like, you know, yeah, maybe one talks to the actors and the other one looks at the camera, but they're kind of interchangeable. And the actors, they're like, well, I talk to them, you know, interchangeably. Like I, I talked to Joel, I talked to Ethan, and they both know what to do. So that's pretty much how, how we do things. Cause we just, we just make the movie together. You know, like we do, everything uh, and up until you know working on sheets of vengeance we were i was doing the camera too so but now we have a camera operator or a cinematographer um so that like I said, took that off our hands so we have to concentrate on more like costumes and art direction yeah more like controlling the chaos that's happening on set it's yeah more of what that what we're handling together once we're there because in Food, the, prior to prior to getting to production we're spending weeks, months, whatever, talking about the project. So we're writing it together, so to speak, even though Paul's the one that's literally typing on the computer. But we discuss like the whole movie, the whole project, who we would like to cast, mm -hmm. uh, how, what our goals are for the project, uh, where we would like to shoot, how we're imagining it. Every, all the discussions are happening between the two of us yeah. well in advance. So we both are pretty knowing like, the ins and outs of it before we even go to shoot. So yeah. once we get there, I know everybody, he knows everybody because we made all the decisions together. We did all the casting decisions together. We do all the shopping in advance together for mm -hmm. any, for everything, wardrobe, props, food, everything we do together. So honestly, when it comes to the credits, we're like, well, we kind of both do everything. So. Yeah. We don't, yeah. I don't know. We don't really care about the credits, to yeah, be honest. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> it's an A&P film. That's, yeah, that's exactly. All oh, so that's Angie and Paul film? Yep. Yeah. Uh, that's it's awesome. Pretty, yeah. There there was nobody else that had the A&P productions? Um, I mean, I've seen A&P productions here and there, but I don't, you know, I don't know what they do. <laughs> <laughs> So, so now I go by AP films, you know, sometimes like I got like on Instagram or under AP films because no one had AP films. So nice. Um, so okay, so interesting because okay, so you guys both handle you know all of the chaos that happens, and you guys did mention some chaos like people coming in, you know, with like a short, shorter hair or something, cut their hair, you know. Um, do you guys do you guys also think about the whole uh like you you said you guys sit down and actually talk about the whole film like beforehand or whatever um i mean this is obviously way before the film even is getting ready or whatever but like is that a brainstorming session where do you, do you guys normally go somewhere or is it just kind of wherever i mean we're pretty much practically married so i mean we live together so and we both now work from home and we have the same schedule. So we're together like 24 seven, which mm -hmm. is pretty convenient. I know a lot of people think like, oh my gosh, if I had to be with somebody 24 seven, I'd be 
lose my mind. But we're best friends. I know it sounds so corny, but we're like best friends. We're always together and we're constantly talking about ideas, whether yeah. it's we're on a road trip or eating. Yeah. I'll just throw lunch. out, hey, I have this idea I was thinking about. All the time. All the time. <laughs> yeah, maybe a little too much. At breaks, <laughs> you know, we'll take little breaks together. And he's like, okay, so for this scene, I had an idea. I was thinking maybe this person should do this and this. I'm like, okay, let's talk about that at lunch. And then yeah. at lunchtime, we're like, oh, okay, actually, I was thinking this. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about it after work. Yeah. So it's kind of just one moment, like when the idea pops into your head, that's when we're talking about it. Sometimes we'll be, watching something else and we're like you know that reminds me i was thinking about this mm-hmm. and then a brainstorm session just impromptu happens so you just mm-hmm. never know we don't ever like schedule any talking meetings or <laughs> session brainstorming sessions it's more just like as it pops into our head we're just constantly talking ideas about yeah we probably about should uh, we probably should like go to like, a certain <laughs> <laughs> or something so it doesn't just come up like at dinner or breakfast or lunch or breaks you know yeah it can you come up probably should <laughs> like all over the place yeah, yeah. Maybe. or you're well, in the I bathroom hey honey i i have an idea yeah. like and that's he not the that. time to hear it. what he does he'll like if i'm in the shower or something he's like i was thinking <laughs> i had this idea i'm like i can't even hear you right now just <laughs> wait till like just wait till i get out hey man <laughs> I can't control it. The idea pops in my head. Inspiration strikes. Yeah. There you go. So now I just, I just write. Yeah. I just write it down, and I'll bring it to her at a later date, <laughs> later time. When I'm not preoccupied. Yeah. He'll just leave a post-it note on the door, waiting for you to get back, and <laughs> you know what the Send idea. Yeah. A ton of post-it notes. <laughs> well, I mean, and that's cool because. Yeah, that's that's different when you're like just coming up with the stuff on the spot, like, and you're coming up with these ideas as opposed to, like, I'm sure you guys have like tons of ideas that you haven't explored yet, you know, that you guys want to do. Yeah, I was, yes. I was writing ideas today. Um, I think every, work. <laughs> every day there's new ideas that he's talking to me about, like, for this project and that project and this one, he's got so many like ideas in his mind. He's the one that comes up with all the ideas, like the inception of mm-hmm. like the seed of what the project is going to be. He's the one that's dreaming it up. And then he's like, I was thinking something like mm-hmm. this. And he'll start giving like big, like broad general ideas. And I will kind of help fill in the blanks, like fill in the gaps. So, yeah, and bring it down to earth. Oh, uh, yeah. Really make it realize that, you know, how, how can we actually pull something off? Yeah, you know? exactly. That's actually he's, really good to have. Dreamer, yeah. for sure. Yeah, he can, his mind is like, he can dream up so many creative ideas. And I'm more of the person that can help him make it come true right. to a certain extent. Yeah, so he's, he's the dreamer, way. you're the practical person yeah you know, right exactly. yes well right. that's and good learn how to balance that because you know i can't i can be a dreamer but you know when it comes down to production you know i know how to be practical like okay we really can't do that or you know <laughs> we can't do this you know let's try you can't this. shoot a movie you know, in space i mean yeah um, exactly. tom cruises i mean yeah, exactly. Underwater adventure. No, we're not gonna fly any planes or crash into a building. Like, so. yeah, I, yeah. It's like okay, explosions out the window yeah, for now. No. Actually, I mean, explosions can be CGI'd, so there are ways oh, to no. do it. You know. No, oh, Paul's like, no, it's gotta be real. I'm like, yeah. that's not possible. Right. Oh, well, be real, then. Let's not really crash a, uh, something into a building. That'd be bad. <laughs> Well, then until then, he's no, not gonna no do plane it. crashes. <laughs> okay. So any plane in my film or script got taken out. Gosh. There you go. Um, I've <laughs> actually, because we watch a lot of really kind of bad movies, you know, or whatever for our show. Like, that's kind of what, it's kind of one of our things. And uh, And there's been a few where there's been plane crashes and you can just tell that they didn't really obviously crash a plane. And it looks yeah. terrible, but you just go, you know what? They they did it. You know, they made something that yeah. went and tried, tried, you know? Yeah. 
you can't be mad at it. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah. They, they give exactly. it a little try. Yeah. And we were talking earlier, uh, like through, uh, you know, d- down in uh, your Facebook comments or whatever, but you had mentioned all like the Tarantino-esque style 90s uh, crime movies that had come out and everything. Uh, was that something that you were like a fan of back then? Or still probably oh, yeah. are? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Because uh, we had seen Tarantino just recently in San Francisco. He's on his book tour. We saw him on the 7th, which was Monday, last Monday. Yeah, last, last Monday. And, uh, you know, seeing him speak and everything was so inspiring and everything. You know, like it just brought up to my mind, like, oh, yeah, I remember him and, and being such an impact in the 90s that he influenced the whole subgenre. And he even talked about it um in his uh in, in that interview he had a, it was an interview on stage and he talked about it and they asked him about it how you felt about it and he said i felt really good about it it's really cool mm-hmm. you know to have uh, your own subgenre basically and i started analyzing like the movies oh which one movies did i like back then that were clearly tarantino inspired movies and there were so many of them mm-hmm. i have not seen all of them so i picked out a few of them like suicide kings which i thought was really good back then i remember uh, that very back and with Christopher Walkins and Suicide Kings and Last Days of Frankie the Fly, which had Michael Madsen in it. And, and I watched Hopper. that one uh, yesterday because you kind of oh, inspired yeah? me to see it. I had never even heard of it. And I saw it was on Tubi. So I was like, oh. let me go check this out and everything. And I really liked it. Um, you know, but yeah, you're right. You can kind of tell this was post uh, Tarantino, which I'm really upset, like, because True Romance is one of my favorite movies of all time. And yeah. Dennis Hopper so good in that and uh-huh. I was like thinking he really isn't a lead in many movies or he wasn't sorry he's sadly no longer with us but right. uh he was no he wasn't a lead in many movies and watching him on and Frankie the Fly you know or whatever I I was like that is just he's so good you know yeah. oh yeah he's the, he's the definite standout in that movie uh from I remember really liking it for him um Michael Madsen was good too. Kiefer Sutherland, you know, not as good, but but he was really great in Truth or Consequences in New Mexico. So that was that was a good one. I think he directed that one as well. Um, and then of course, you know, uh, he has the, the the legacy of Lost Voice, so you can never do no wrong. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, it, it's like there were little tons of those movies, those '90s, late '90s movies that I would get at the video store. And I had never heard of it before, you know, so I'd rent them all and watch them. And, uh, you know, I wanted to be Tarantino. You know, I tried to make my own Reservoir Dogs, meet my brother, my cousin. You know, we dressed up in the black suits and tried to do a little heist movie. So that's somewhere existing on a high eight uh, <laughs> videotape somewhere. Um, so, yeah, so he, he was a huge impact uh, for us. And so it was great. Is, is it going to get on the, you know, on the Internet sometime, someday? Like your, <laughs> your past uh, work that you did when you were young? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe do a yeah retrospective or yeah, something. I'll, ha- I'll have to leak it. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> Actually, there's this dude. I swear to God. So I made these really terrible. Um, what is it like? My pet monster movies, you know? Uh, <laughs> and they were like, my pet monsters day in the park. My pet monsters deadly, whatever you know, and, and whatnot. It was just terrible. And yeah. this kid found them, I guess, years ago online they do they're supposed to not exist anymore i think i got i thought i got rid of them but i guess he <laughs> downloaded them and he will tag me in these and i'm not proud of them at all and i'm like dude like oh don't. and he's all he's he likes them i guess but i'm like i mean oh. thank you but like it, i i can understand why sam raimi doesn't like people seeing his you know earlier work you know mm-hmm. um yeah, oh, of course, because because I was making movies, you know, when I was like 12, 13, you know, because <laughs> one of my cousins had a VHS camera, so we would play around with it and make like little monster movies, and then eventually my parents bought me like a high eight camera, and me and my brother would make monster movies, you know, with our cousins and stuff, so we, and I still have a lot of those, and then I would, you know, kind of sort of edit them going from the high eight to the VCR, you know, somewhat put music in them, I learned how to do that with like a CD player, and uh, we had a bunch of movies on the tape, and I guess um, we also had rented some movies. When we went to go return them, I guess I had put a VHS of one of our movies in the in the case and turned it into Hollywood video because then they called and said, "Hey, you 
you're overdue for a movie. He said, no, we returned it. And I look and I, oh shit, I still have this WWF over the top <laughs> pay-per-view <laughs> tape or something. I was like, oh shit, I accidentally gave him one of our, our movie tapes. Somebody else is watching, watching yours. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so I was like, oh shit. But I never, never got it back. So your first Damn, it is yeah, out there. It's out there, man. It's going to be blackmailed. Yeah. Money. Oh man, <laughs> holding on to it. Um, so Angie, were you, were you like, did you like a lot of the stuff he liked growing up? Like, did you kind of bond on that? Actually, no. Um, my mom was really strict when I was growing up, so I wasn't allowed to watch anything gory or scary or bad. Um, so I weren't even allowed to eat Fruit Loops, right? No cereal. She was was really strict. She wanted us to be like healthy and watch like happy things. So we grew up on all the the big stuff, you know, like E.T. and mm. anything Spielberg and all the big time movies. I definitely watched all those. More family friendly. Yeah, the family stuff, Disney stuff, like all that stuff. But I wasn't allowed to watch anything like gory, gory or, or horror or slasher, scary. Simpsons. I couldn't even watch Simpsons because <laughs> Bart had a bad attitude and she didn't want me to like watch a bad influence, which is hilarious because I love the Simpsons now. Yeah, exactly. But anyways, that all failed clearly because now I'm, I'm making these movies, which is pretty funny. But in has she school, seen them? Um, yeah, she's come to a, our premiere. She has seen. What's all of that? Uh, rough, yeah, uh, actually, she has seen them all. Single them all. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. She has seen them all, actually. Yeah. Oh, she did Vengeance, right? Yeah. Slash right party. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. She was at the premieres, and then for Slash Light party, she was actually on set with us because she was our oh, yeah, uh, yeah. she was our chef. Yeah. She was our resident chef. Yeah, so. she, yeah her mom nice. uh, made yeah breakfast, lunch, and dinner for the entire cast for three yes. days. And that was a great, great addition, huge, huge help yeah, to huge have help. that. She was, and, and she helped on uh, Murder Size, too. Yeah, she was she, there. She, brought, for, she, she cooked some stuff and brought it to the set. Yeah, she was there. So she, she has seen my movies now, which she still doesn't under. She's still like, I, I don't know why you are making this, but. No, she, she, she loves to watch though. Oh, she loves watching it. Oh, yeah. She thinks it's great. Like, yeah. She's she makes... watching the scene between Jessa and Drew. She's <laughs> like... friends with all the actors now. She thinks she's like really close with them. Oh, yeah. She's like <laughs> friends with them. She thinks it's so cool to like watch us make the movies, but yeah. she's a big time chicken as well. So she's, we're both Freddy cats. Like, we're scared of scary stuff. So mm-hmm. I never watched that kind of stuff growing up. But it's funny now that I make slasher movies. Right. Like, so right. Well, actually, that's a good point. Because my my big question, like, because as a, I'm, I, you know, I, when I was a kid, I was a scaredy cat. Like, I got scared of everything, you know, and all that stuff. As I got older and as I started watching movies and making movies, I feel like that changed, you know? Like, nothing really scares me. Like, I, I just watched Hereditary the other day, which I heard was one of the scariest. It was, was not, you know? Like, it was it was. I, I can see where a little me would have been terrified of some of this stuff, but like, I guess, uh, I don't know, maybe I'm jaded, you know? Yeah. Uh, what about you, uh, Angie? Are you still scared of everything? Oh, hell yeah. I'm scared of everything. I'm mm-hmm. so scared of like, I'm scared of my own shadow. <laughs> the only movie that scary movie we, we watched together in the theater was paranormal activity yeah and Ellie, her mom was there too which i was so surprised i couldn't believe she had no we had no business being there and they we're, were scared i don't even know why we went actually i do know why we went we went because paul's oh, sister was sister. she was spending the weekend with us or something yeah and she loves all things scary i yeah. mean she's tough yeah. you know she likes all that stuff so paranormal activity had come out and she wanted to see it she was with us and we're like okay we'll take her to go see the Mm -hmm. movie and i was like i don't want to go see this and my mom happened to be visiting too and we're like we're gonna go see this movie so see ya she's like i'll come i'm Mm -hmm. like no it's scary it's gonna be scary i hear that it's scary she's like oh it'll be okay like i'm gonna go with you guys like it's fine everybody stayed the night at my house Mm -hmm. everybody was scared stayed up all night (laughs) and they couldn't sleep i could sleep of course of course but we're so scared. Anything, especially anything that has to do with like spirits and ghosts, that like oh, that definitely gets me. I'm oh, so yeah. scared of that kind of stuff. Spirits and yeah. demons are like probably the thing that that gets me the most. I mean, yeah. uh, I remember writing a demon script and actually getting terrified because yeah. weird shit would happen, you know. Mm. And I was like, "Am I supposed to be writing this?" You know, because I'm <laughs> I'm a Christian, so I'm like thinking. 
is this something yeah is god gonna be upset that i'm writing a, a movie with you know demons and satan and shit like that you know but yeah. nothing happened yeah. oh, suspicious you know? oh yeah yeah you think you're letting it into your life opening the door opening the window just by watching the movie because when i grew up you know, me and my brother, we were allowed to watch movies. My parents did like horror movies and they let us rent all the zombie movies and Friday the 13th movies and stuff. But I had cousins who were Jehovah's Witnesses and they were like saying, oh, that stuff's evil. You can't, you shouldn't even watch those movies because they're, they're, <laughs> they're bad. But then they would be watching Freddy Krueger and Hellraiser too, like when their parents <laughs> run around. So it, I, it was at their house. I'd watch Night of the Demons and stuff like that. So No, the original Oh yes, yeah, great. So growing up at that time for me is like you know I got to watch all those all those movies, and since Angie didn't, I think that's part of what makes our team um, so work so well because she doesn't know those movies and I do, so she can bring a different sensibility to the film. Yeah. You know, if it, 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 it wouldn't be too, it, I don't think a movie would be very good if it was me and another guy just like me. <laughs> we're both just horror guys like i i really don't think the movie would come out very well because i mean there's that's what people do a lot you know so so the fact that she hasn't seen anything and i can teach her like uh, i started showing her you know more tamer movies like monster squad uh, child's play that was really fun to watch you know i've shown you halloween halloween 2 um very slowly catching, yeah catching night you watch very very far behind oh yeah but it does help i mean it lends a, a unique perspective to, yeah. to slasher films or horror films because I haven't seen anything so I'm not influenced by anything because yeah. I haven't seen it so I know I'm not ripping anything off because mm -hmm. I know I, I don't know what's yeah. out there I mean I get the gist of it like I remember hearing obviously I wasn't under a rock I know what some of the movies were about but I haven't seen them so mm -hmm. shots or scenes or kills or you know, deaths or whatever. I haven't seen any of that stuff. So yeah, so you have like a nice aesthetic distance, which I think really helps because you know a lot about movies and story. Maybe not horror movies, but you know, so what? Right. Yeah, a movie's a movie. A story's a story. If you know so, about stories and you know about movies, then that really helps lend to any any film. I think that that's why our our stories kind of, even though they're slashers or horror, thriller, thriller horror, mm -hmm. they kind of swerve in weird ways where it's like, oh, that's not like a typical slasher movie it's not like this guy kills because he was a bullied freak when he was a kid and now he's just going around i mean maybe yeah kind of that seems like that's the gist of stuff yeah that's kind of what it is in our stories a little bit but we're more focused on trying a little deeper yeah there's more uh political like undertone commentary underneath if mm -hmm. you if you want to look for it yeah we don't want to like want. preach or you know hit anyone mm -hmm. over the head with any kind of messaging but no. there are deeper levels to the characters and stories if somebody wanted to explore that yeah i would i yeah. would definitely agree with that especially with streets uh, uh streets of vengeance because i felt like that movie there was more of like a really political story on uh how basic uh, men and women you know and and how men perceive women because there there was one bit where one of the guys was saying we can't let you know the women take control otherwise they will completely take control and we won't be able <laughs> to control them kind of thing right. uh you guys said it better you guys said it better in the, like the line but uh that's that? exactly what i got across from that yeah yeah oh yeah yeah, you know, and part of it, some of it was like, you know, of course, over the top, but yeah. uh, then, like, you know, you find out, oh, people really do feel that way. So, so I was like, oh, okay. So it's really funny. That's, that's, or terrifying. Yeah, that's terrifying. <laughs> it was terrifying because it made me, like, think about, like, if there are people that would go to the extremes like this, you know, mm -hmm. and there probably are, sadly oh. and scarily, uh, but yeah. it, you know, it, it showed it in a way where, you know, the women were obviously, you know, kicking ass and stuff. Yeah. And, um, I, I did like, I like the guy who played um, Brian, you know, and he was, yeah. you know, um, he was also the maestro. Um, so I thought that was pretty neat. Like, go from one, a lot of your actors, they, they are, I mean, they're definitely actors, but, you know, like some people can only play one type. 
uh, sometimes yeah. or whatever, not very good at stretching that. And and b- both him and the guy who played Garrett in um, uh, in, in Streets of Vengeance went on to be in Slash Lorette Party. I didn't even recognize him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. I didn't even recognize yeah, yeah. him. Like I thought he was in the, I was like, wait, where where's he in this movie? Yeah, yes. Daniel Moody. Daniel. Um, we have definitely, I mean, as you notice, we work with the same people. Those two guys are in other of our projects as well. Mm-hmm. And we love them. I mean, we tend to find people that we love to work with. And if they are talented and they have great attitudes, I mean they love what they do, so they love to act. And, yeah, so we'd love to bring them back. Yeah, we'd love to try and squeeze them into all of our projects if we can, you know, maybe write something specifically for them because mm-hmm. we just like to keep bringing everybody along with us. Yeah. I mean, uh, Anthony uh, Tuamata, um, who was El Maestro and uh, Brian in Streets of Vengeance, he's in our new our new movie as well, um, Murder Size. Nice. And a totally different that he's never been seen before, so really excited about that. Yeah, we were gonna, like, yeah uh, Daniel, we were going to bring him along too, but he's a, a new dad. Yeah. So he's got his hands full right now, but he was offered to come along with the project. I mean, again, these are two guys that have been with us pretty much from the beginning. Yeah, and, about 10 years. Yeah, several years. And I mean, mm-hmm. they're really great people, good friends. Mm-hmm. And we like, were you friends with them before? Or did you like audition and then become friends? We went to plays around here. We saw them act in plays. Yes. And we were scouting, basically, looking yeah. for actors. And so we would approach them after the show and say, hey, man, you did really good. Uh, I'm making a movie. And they're like, oh, cool. So that's how we met them. We met them through acting. Yeah. And now they've become friends. They were doing, like, uh, plays, play fest. They were actors taking acting courses in mm-hmm. college. So we just went to the college uh, where they would have, like, nights where they were showing, like, plays put on by the 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 JC the students the, the students the theater so we would go check them out and then all the actors that we liked we'd kind of stalk them afterwards and be like hey you were so great yeah we thought you were awesome mm-hmm. we're getting off you know the ground here trying to like make movies here in town you know would you be interested in being in a movie mm-hmm. and most of the people said yes so yeah it was pretty cool. That's how we met a lot of people. And then a lot of people. through yeah. the actors that said yes and worked with us, they had so much fun. And then when they saw the final product of the movie, they're like, wow, I'm in a movie. So then they started spreading the word to their actor friends. They're like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, you guys need to make a movie with them. And then it just brought in more like word of, word, word of mouth spread. Yeah. So that's kind of how it got the ball rolling. And, and you seem to also seek out, I guess, people from like Facebook and stuff too. Like, I mean, or, or so, cause you know, like Jessa, uh, Jessa Flux, who um, I absolutely adore. Uh, she was actually just on one of our shows um, the other, you know, the oh, other day, yeah. told them that, oh. you know, t- told her that you guys were going to be on. So she was really excited about that. Um, but yeah, she's a new, this was our first project with her, uh, size, so, and we met her, picked up the airport, and she's great, and we already want to work with her again. Yeah, you know, she's and, so sweet. Yeah. She's so good. She's so talented. It's crazy. She's really funny. Super funny. Yeah. Like, we let her and Drew uh, improv a scene. Well, we actually rehearsed it. They improv a scene in their hotel room the night before, and we said, yes, let's do that. And then when we got to the set, they did it again, and they went even further, which is Basically, the kind of thing we like to do anyway, but it just takes a certain special kind of actor that could do it. But Drew and Jessa, they could do it really well. So I'm really excited for people to see them. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, Drew Drew Marvick's another one that I, uh, I mean, I literally just for the first time, uh, like earlier this, you know, a couple months ago, watched, uh, or actually maybe it was last month, watched uh, Pool Party Massacre for the first time. and. I, awesome. I just, yeah, that, that movie's amazing. And yeah, people were surprised because they thought I'd seen it already by now and I probably should have, but uh, mm-hmm. I finally did. And I was, I think it was on Tubi, just like mm-hmm. near your guys' movies, like three of your movies are on Tubi. So yeah. there you go. Yeah, yeah. It was really, we were really lucky to, to hit it off with him. We met him at a horror convention. He had actually invited us to come and like, have some of our merch on his table. Mm-hmm. We were just kind of friends on, online. You know, I knew him for Pool Party Massacre, and he had knew us from Streets of Vengeance, and you know, we're just liking each other's stuff or whatever. And then uh, he just asked, he knew that we live in the area where the convention was, and so we met him. And we traded VHS tapes. I got a Pool Party Massacre tape. He got a Streets of Vengeance tape. 
Nice. And we just like we're talking and we're just hanging out. We're like, you know what, man? Let's we should do something together. Yeah, he was so nice. He offered to share split his table. Yeah. He, he had a table at the convention and he's like, Hey, if you guys want to bring Streets of Vengeance and you know sell it at my table, we could do this. Yeah. And we're like, Oh my gosh, that's so nice. So we went to the convention, hung out with him, and he was obviously super cool. Yeah. Uh, really nice, nice person. And uh, super generous so uh, mm-hmm. and he's hilarious in real life oh my gosh yeah he just has so many crazy stories and he's so funny he's so, got great ideas too yeah he's got acting, really like good what to ideas bring to characters exactly so we're like oh my gosh we have to work together somehow and so after we left the convention i immediately was like we need to write something yeah for him yeah like with the intentions of casting him in something so that's how we wrote a uh, slash letter party yeah or with him in mind. Nice. So, uh, yeah, I, I I loved him in that. Like I thought he did a great job. Um, <laughs> he was. Uh, it's funny because it, it does seem like uh, a lot of those names, like you know, um, you know, Drew, but you also worked with Ginger Lynn, you know, and um, as well as uh, uh, Crystal Shea, you know, a few yeah. times. And I, all you know, all three of them were were, were fantastic. You know, and what I've seen, I'm actually, I think they're all three in murder size, if I'm correct. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. And they're all three in Slash Web Party as well. Yeah, yeah. So that was the first time we had all three of them together. And Ginger, you know, it's great working with Ginger. This is our third movie. Murder Size is our third movie with her. And we couldn't be happier. She's amazing. She's awesome. We yeah, so very nice. honored to have her as a friend. Yeah. She considers us a friend. So that's very uh, amazing. So we yeah. love her. Uh, sometimes I just get phone calls from her in the morning just to talk and see how we're doing. And yeah, so she's, she's so, she's so cool. She's really I, sweet. We've stayed at her house. And yeah. She's always like giving us presents and stuff. It's crazy Aww. how we've been friends from just shooting Streets of Vengeance. Right. And um, she only stayed when we shot Streets of Vengeance with her. She only was here for one night. Yeah. We picked her up from San Francisco airport, went to our hotel, shot, that next day and then that was it like we shot for one day no the night and the day yeah day and, and then night. she went back mm-hmm. so she was only here like one night but she had fun i guess and she liked the finished project so she was like oh yeah i want to work with you guys again and we're like what oh my gosh i'm so glad she like had a good time so definitely again when it came to slash let party again we we're like we need to write her in yeah so we wrote the role for her as well for that movie. Yeah, um, and, and I think I think it really kicked off something for her because she's been doing a lot of work since mm-hmm. then. She's in a ton of horror movies now, and I couldn't be happier. I think she's doing her. movies like her and Drew together and other people. Yeah. Well, yeah, 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 that's another thing. After that. Because there's you know, son and mother in Slash Rap Party, and Drew said that they're son and mother, at least in two other movies. <laughs> and I was like, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, started we, a little yeah, trend there. we started a mother son trend. It's probably now be a Ginger Drew subgenre coming up. Yeah. <laughs> There's a marathon right there. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I laughed. I like I laughed. I probably giggled a little bit when I saw uh, uh, Ginger. They were talking about the the strippers, the male strippers, and she said, "I uh, oh, I don't, you know, I I wouldn't know what to do if I had guys." <laughs> You know, doing that's that crazy. stuff, and I was just like, "Come on!" I was like, "That's <laughs> cute," you know. Yeah. That you guys oh, threw yeah. that in there as like a little. I mean, it seemed like a little bit of a joke for, her, and she had fun doing it, you know. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She had fun. She she definitely had fun playing such a you know uh, uptight, you know, <laughs> repressed character. Yeah. Yeah, because exactly. you know she's uptight and repressed herself, right? You know. <laughs> And um, murder size, you, um, you know, she got to play a sexy role, which she was very, really happy to do. So we're happy to do that. Well, there you go. Because, <laughs> well, in Streets of Vengeance, she was sort of like the, I, I guess, the mother, you know, kind of character, yeah. right? Like the, yeah. you know, uh, the mama bear and stuff. And uh, I, I was expecting sort of it to turn a little bit with her, you know, like have her be more the person setting everything up instead of. You know, but I'm I'm happy the way it went. I'm just saying, like I, I kind of at one point I think I, I saw it going differently, and then you guys flipped the script a little bit. We, I, we, considered that. we had definitely considered that 
if we wanted to do like a sequel that Roxy, the character, Ginger's character, would come out at the end and reveal herself to be the one pulling the strings, you know, be the puppet master. Yeah. Uh, so we had definitely considered that if if, if we're going to go that route, but but we didn't. We decided just to cap it off uh, as a more of a hero moment instead of a you know like a yeah twist. We were going to do that though. Mm-hmm. That's definitely okay. that was that. Uh, so yeah. maybe maybe see that's the thing. Maybe there are some seeds there that you guys have planted yeah. to possibly have that be the thing. So that's oh, yeah. probably okay. why I thought that. Yeah, I think because she is, her character is a little more menacing, you know, and the way she's lit and stuff and the way she conducts herself. So, yeah, her character always had that in there, that manipulative, you know, that uh, Svengali kind of a kind of a. She was kind of like grooming. Yeah, for sure. And kind of taking ownership of her creation of, of Mila. So that scene with her and Brian um you know she's kind of pissed that mila went off with brian and chose them when they split Mm -hmm. and you think like oh she's gonna come back or she's the cause of all this or Mm -hmm. something but or she has a grudge or something yeah so we definitely considered that yeah so that's interesting that yeah i'm to pick up on it yeah Yeah. um i'm I'm happy Mm -hmm. i did um because i mean i i really liked her in it and i um and you know the role was the role was specific to uh you know to her character of coming in and you know kind of finding this poor lost soul and kind of fucking up her life in a way um but also making her feel like she had control the whole time which right. was nice because that also led her to become who she became you know yeah. in my opinion um exactly. and I liked I liked uh, Mila. Um, I I liked her. I liked her in Cinco de Mayo, uh, the girl who played her. Um, and I was like so happy that she was the lead in in Streets of Vengeance because I thought she did a wonderful job. Um, if you like Delana uh, Delana McKinney, um, we made another movie with her called Rough Cut. It's on my YouTube channel, and on there she plays more of a, an ingenue, like a Anna Karina type French. Yeah, Wave. yeah. So she's really good in that one as well. Yeah. Uh, if you're a fan, yeah, but yeah, we love we love Delana. I love her. Yeah, she's super talented. Uh, is she? Uh, I guess has she kind of moved on, or is she gonna possibly pop back in with your guys' films? We did a because we have a podcast too, but we haven't been really keeping up on it because of all uh, like production stuff keeps yeah. getting in the way. But we did a podcast with her um, in 2021 or 2020. I think it was last year. It was, it was last year. And uh, we got to talk. It was like the first time we really got to sit down and talk to her for a good long time. Um, and we had talked about, you know, our projects together and possibly doing something else in the future. And we've always had that possibility of working with her because we love her so much. She's so good. Yeah. Um, so I do have a couple of things that I would like to talk to her about. And I think she'd be good for it and bring her, bring her back in. If, you know, because life stuff, you know, gets in the way, you know, yeah. job, family. So, you know, we definitely try to be very, you know, conscientious of that. Yeah, we definitely offered her um, a role for in Slash Web Party. Yes. Because um, we definitely wanted to bring her along. At the time, she did have other obligations and mm-hmm. stuff, you know, life and things. And she said, you know, she didn't want to commit to something and then not be able to see it through. So that's right. She I didn't mean, want to. We're like, in that movie. thank you. You know, that's, that's great. actually a very nice, nice thing, you know, considering yeah. so many people say, oh, yeah, I'll do it. And then when it comes down to it, they just can't um, get too exactly. busy. Exactly. Um, I did see her on a slasher rep like uh i guess homage thing like the 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 fake trailer you guys did for streets of vengeance i think she was in that right if i'm correct when you guys did she wasn't in that at all okay so was that all the people who actually ended up being in the movie most of them yeah i think like four of them yeah from the fake trailer ended up being in the movie as well yeah that's awesome (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but we're definitely still um, in contact with Delana. Um, she ended up moving. She used to live in, in the same city as us, but she she moved away. I mean, she's not too far away, <laughs> but uh, we definitely the door is open, mm-hmm. so we might. 
collab on something in the future. But, yeah. You know, depends on our, her schedule and our schedule yeah. and if we can make it yeah, work we'll out. We'll definitely be up for that. But she's definitely supported our project since, and she has oh, yeah. even contributed to it, like our, our Indiegogos and stuff. She's mm -hmm. just a really nice, supportive uh, collaborator. So we definitely love her. Yeah. Well, that's sweet. Uh, good to yeah. hear. Um, now, I guess to kind of wrap it up, uh, tell me a little bit more about like what you guys are up to now. So we just uh, started, well, I just finished the rough cut of uh, Murder Size. Um, that's the new project we started in, in August. August. And we shot about five days, I want to say. About five, yeah. almost six, right? Yeah, like five days. <coughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's set in the 80s. It's, it's about a, a workout video, the production of a workout video being made. And then the uh, the cover does like a fight for who's going to be on the cover. And then there's a uh, Phoebe played by Kansas Bowling. She's a star of the movie. Uh, she's uh, this uh, person who's in charge of making sure it gets done. And she keeps getting bullied and ostracized. And then she wants to uh, get rid of all these people that keep messing up the the, the <laughs> Process, process of the movie, progress of the movie, and she meets this girl. Uh, she's like a mafia princess because her dad is putting up the money for the workout video, and the mafia princess teaches Phoebe, you know, the ways of murdering, murdering your way to the top. <laughs> and so that's what starts her on this journey. Like in order to get what she wants, she starts doing them these little mafia methods. And so we nice. call it Murder Side. We're really excited for it. Um, first time again working with Kansas, working with Jessa. Jessa Flux. Um, we're really, really, really excited for everyone to see. You just had the poster um, was released uh, like a week ago. I saw that. Yeah. Um, amazing, I, uh, I love Kansas, by the way. She's sweet. Yeah. She's, I, oh, yeah. I interviewed her way back when, and uh, uh, I had her and her sister, Parker. I had a whole bunch of people that were part of the, uh, the set of their first or her her movie that she did uh, butcher bc and uh, yeah. um the fact that she was like a 15 year old filmmaker 14 14 like she was one of the youngest uh female yeah. filmmakers um alive you know is, is pretty amazing yeah, yeah yeah she was really cool um she got to she was telling us stories about working on the set of once upon a time in hollywood with tarantino yeah. and brad pitt like wow that's so freaking cool crazy yeah. that had some that had some amazing like screen queen cast you know and had like danielle harris and a few other people oh, like yeah. just in small roles but like significant roles you know you could obviously tell who they were in it and everything and just it was awesome you know yeah. you could tell yeah. he loves that you know stuff oh yeah 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 so she got to be one of the manson girls at spawn ranch and so yeah. that was pretty awesome to hear about that so that was definitely a score for us. I mean, with our, as we get a little bit bigger with our projects, um, we're able to, well, our Indiegogo, the fundraising campaigns, we're able to branch out more and uh, and actually uh, fly people out to us. Yeah. So there's so many talented actors out there across the United States that we want to work with just because yeah. they have a huge um, interest in the type of stories that we make. Yeah. And it would just be like a dream collaboration. We definitely have a list of people that we would love to collaborate with, but it's just a matter of like, okay, how many days would they need to be here? We need to make sure they have like housing and mm -hmm. we have to pay for flights, hotels, like, mm -hmm. you know, we have to make sure they're fed and taken care of. So it's all just making sure we have the funds to be able to do it. So yeah. we're just now yeah, getting we're... to the point where we can start with the help of our audience that has right. been contributing to our Indiegogo, which is crazy. Right. We're yeah. Without them, out. we wouldn't be able to do any of this. So yeah, we so. have to send out big shout out, big thank you to all the supporters that helped us raise that much money. Cause like Angie said, it helped us be able to work with these people yeah. that we never would have been able to before because, you know, like I said, like they're all across the United States. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people are like, I would work with you in a heartbeat, but I just can't afford to like, fly myself there or pay for a hotel or mm. whatever. And we're not trying to force people to stay at our house, even though our house is open to whoever, Yeah. but we want to make sure they're comfortable. So we want to make sure they have a nice place to stay, hotel, uh, flights covered or food so that they don't have to worry about anything. Yeah. And thankfully the fundraising, you know, has been able to afford us the ability to work with people that we wanted to work with like Jessa and Kansas and, 
Sure. Yeah, we drew ginger, all of that. So we're so excited to be able to like grow a little bit more with every mm -hmm. project. So. Really so are you guys already knowing what your next project's going to be or are you guys sort of, I mean, obviously you don't have to say anything yet until it's official, but do you guys like oh. already sort of have an idea of what you guys want to do like right after? Oh, oh yeah. There's, sure. there's a lot of ideas. I mean, again, this brain is always running. So mm -hmm. there's so many ideas up in the air. There's a couple of scripts that are already done, Yeah. but some of them, it just, it depends on, scheduling of the ideal cast that we have in mind it depends mm -hmm. on like what their scheduling is locations as well like can we book certain locations mm -hmm. for that time and then uh, right. finishing this project first making sure it gets out and yeah. then we'll shoot the next thing but we already have a couple other features written and ready to go ready to go wow right. that's awesome they're ready, to, they're ready to go but i'm still writing new things because i feel like I need to write something new while I'm editing so I can keep me, keep me busy. Um, so I do want to do something with all night long, the, the, the wraparound that we have for Streets of Vengeance and single the mile. I do want to do something with that. And so I have, we have ideas that we want to do with that, bring that back, maybe not bring it up with murder size, but bring it back as its own, its own uh, project. Basically. Yeah. For some reason, I was thinking it would be in Murder Size since it's set in the 80s and yeah. sort of Up All Night was sort of an 80s thing, you know? It's technically still possible. It's still possible. We're still, I mean, we're still in the early ages, early stages of editing. Um, so I, I think once I get a better grip on the vision of the project and see how it is, I, I think I might make it part of All Night Long. Um, and the all night long project that I want, I, I still want to do that. Um, so yeah, there's just a lot of lot of stuff that we're we're trying to juggle here. I'm trying to put into <laughs> place, but we do have two scripts done. I've sent out that script to a few people already. Uh, it's a vampire script, so you know that might be something that we do next year, perhaps. That's awesome. Um, was it um, was it up all night? Had Rhonda Shear, but it also had Gilbert Gottfried. So if you could find somebody mm -hmm. with an annoying voice, that uh, <laughs> you know, a guy with an annoying voice, that you know, yeah, can, could do they that. Didn't prefer Rhonda Shear. Uh, <laughs> a Rhonda Shear inspired person to a Gilbert Gottfried inspired. Person. Maybe a couple years ago, you might have been able to get Gilbert before he passed away. You know, maybe. Um, but yeah, that's awesome though. Like I, I love that. you could probably get Rhonda because I think she's still doing uh independent films every now and then. You know. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's somebody I would love to work with too, or in yeah. interview at all. You talk about this, yeah. like you talk about the stories of Up All Night, you know. Cause that I was watching an episode of USF All Night just the other day on YouTube because they're all on YouTube right now. I forgot I that they're actually probably all there. Holy cow. Oh, yeah. yeah all the episodes. She has her own channel. Just look for Ron Sheard. She has Do they all. show the movies or just the, her clips? Oh, it's just the segments. Just the segments. Okay. Just the segments. Which is okay. also inspiring. Because so, she's always doing, because she's a comedian, so she's always doing little bits and sketches and stuff like that. <laughs> so it's really funny, really cool. Uh, it's funny because you could put a lot of those things the movies up there too um but you'd have to cut them down like they were in you know up all night because you know they're not allowed to, you're not supposed to have nudity and 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 that kind of stuff in uh youtube P some people get away with it because it's not you know they don't get a lot of hits or something but you know right. um oh, yeah. yeah i've seen i've totally seen cinemax movies or skinamax <laughs> movies on youtube they have them all all over the place like erotic thrillers and stuff on youtube and they haven't been taken down so that's cool you know if you want to give back to the 90s you can go youtube they're all on there they're putting them up like apparently uh i i posted one that i just did unlisted just because it's something i want to do for a review or something sometime later but it's uh it was like an 80s movie and apparently it got 18 plus on youtube so apparently they're uh -huh. now making it so if people have to like i guess verify their age or whatever in order to watch some movies so i guess they are allowing nudity and other yeah. stuff on there you know i, mean, I don't yeah i mean they age restricted the murder size trailer that has no at all oh, really? yeah oh, you gotta be 18 to watch it yeah huh, that's weird 
I mean, most people should be like on the thing where it says 18 and, you know, like, unless I guess they have that kids section, you know, now. Um, but anyway, yeah. uh, thank you guys so much. Um, how can people reach you guys? Uh, so we're on uh, Instagram, A underscore P underscore films. We're also on Facebook, AP Productions on Facebook. Uh, and that's mostly where we are. If you want to send us a message or a DM or anything, or have any questions about how to get a movie or order a movie, we're on there. We're also on Etsy or Slasher at Party Blu-rays and VHS tapes. Well, actually, I think I saw the last one. But oh Slasher at Party Blu-ray and uh, T-shirts are on Etsy. Again, AP Films is also on there. Uh, YouTube, uh, AP Films is the YouTube channel. Um, we have our previous uh, our previous uh, feature films on there. We have some short films that are lesser seen. But um, like if you liked uh, if you like Nina, Nina Lene Kent, she's in Slasher Party and also Murder Size. Our first film with her, Nighttime Creatures, uh, the short film is on our YouTube channel. So you can go to YouTube and check us out. So we'll be posting you know trailers coming up pretty soon mm-hmm. for all of our new projects. Yeah. Nice. That's awesome. So, all right. So, anybody check out their YouTube, check out their uh, Instagram and Facebook, and, um, you know, and check out what they're doing. Like, you can see them on Tubi. You can see them on YouTube. I mean, yep. that's am- Amazon Prime. I think Slash Rap yep. Party was on Amazon. Um, I don't know if yep. all of them are. Yeah, I think just Slash Rap Party shoots Avenger on the Amazon Prime. But yes, Tubi has our three horror features. Um, that you can watch for free, stream for free. Um, and it, our Secret of My Own Sheets of Vengeance were released by Olive Films. So if you want the Blu-rays or DVDs, you can get them on Amazon or any other online retailer uh, if you want to get like the special features and stuff like that. Uh, but also if you want to, you know, support our latest murder size, our latest movie murder size, where Indiegogo is still open, it's in demand. So if you want to pre-order a Blu-ray or a DVD or a poster, um, just go to nice. indiegogo.com and look for a murder size. That's awesome. So when will murder size be out? Um, right now we are tentatively uh, have a release sometime in the summer, early summer. It could be, be earlier than that, but we just put summer just to be, just to be On the safe. safe side. You know? Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's cool. Um, I'm really excited. I can't wait to, can't wait to check it out. Um, and I guess if I want to, get it earlier you know i reorder it from from you guys you know all right well thank you guys so much and everybody else thank you guys for checking this out and check them out uh check out all the stuff that they're doing so thank you guys once again thank you thank you for having us no problem all right bye everybody